My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. There's this commercial on the television that I had admired. The folks in this ad, they were saying, Dear Miz, you can't define me, and hey, Miz, you don't control me, and look here, Miz, you don't own me. Men and women saying this, and I thought, at last, there's a campaign where people are speaking out against use of the title Miz instead of the appropriate Miss or Mrs. About time we stood up to those women's livers, and you know what? I was all set to make a donation to the effort. That is, till somebody told me they were referring not to Ms., but to MS, short for multiple sclerosis. Turns out it was an ad for medicine. Well, how was I to know? They're both spelled the same, and I ain't no doctor. But either way, it brings me to the subject of today's review, and that is the infiltration of perverse gender roles into children's cartoons. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, and I refer particularly to the folks at Disney. Disney and this new film of theirs entitled Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, I knew little about it when I drove off to see it at the picture house off Highway 3 in Zara County. Figured it was something for the kids, though, so I took my friend Hank's six-year-old daughter Ambrosia with me. Well, why not? I was going to review it anyway, and meantime it gave the young man and his wife some respite. See, they were up all night with their one-year-old, what's got the croup. So removing their older daughter from the premises, even for a few hours, gave them a chance to close their eyes. She was excited, too, little Ambrosia, to go to an actual theater. Most of her entertainment comes from the television, even though God intended us to watch movies on the big screen. In fact, her anticipation was palpable as the lights went down and the projector rolled, or whatever projectors do nowadays. Thus did the tale unfold before us, a story that takes place in a long-ago Asian land. So what's it all about? Well, see, there's this gem thing filled with dragon magic protects people from the droon. Yeah, you heard me. Don't expect me to repeat it. Felt silly enough saying it the first time. Now, these droon, of course, they're, uh, I don't know exactly what they are. I mean, they're supposed to be some kind of plague, but not like the COVID. They're more of these big purple blobs, and, well, whatever they are, they turn folks to stone, so... One way or the other, you want to clear out when they're around. Isn't that obvious, big guy? If it were that obvious, fewer people in this movie would have been turned into statues, no? Anyway, this dragon gem gets busted, and the broken pieces are carried away by the land's warring tribes. That means the droon run rampant, and the only way for Raya to save everybody is to find the last surviving dragon. That way, she can restore the gem and vanquish the droon. So there you have it. Thank you and good night. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm not done. I've got to discuss my thesis. Talk about how these Disney movies have changed and not for the better. Because back in the day, you know, you had Little Miss Snow White and she was, well, she was just all peaches and cream and sweet as pie. Yes, sir, took care of those dwarves like she was their mama and even gave Grumpy a little kiss on the forehead when he was off to work in the mines. Just a little kiss there, even though he was such a grouch and all. Wasn't that nice? Then the prince came and woke her up from the poisoned apple, and off they rode, because that's the way things worked back then. Little girls and boys could leave the theater knowing their place in the world, how they all fit together in the prince and princess way. But is it like that nowadays? No. No is right. 
Why, the gal in this movie, she's way too busy running and fighting and swinging a sword to catch a gentleman's eye. I mean, by the end, there wasn't even a hint she'd set her cap for a fella. And I fairly shuddered at the thought that little Ambrosia would exit the matinee thinking she needed only her two fists and no man to get by in this world. So to ameliorate the impact, I kept leaning over and saying stuff like, Look how close my butt is to my head! No, I did not say that. What I did say was, Do you think that character Mr. Tong would be a good husband for Raya? Or maybe that general there, might she like to wed him? Just so she'd know by rights that Raya should have ended up with some prince. But she just sat there spellbound and heard not a thing I said. I therefore feared that our jaunt to the movies would be deleterious to the dear child. But for the moment, since I must actually review this film, let's take that out of the equation. Not that I'll forget, oh no, this very day I'll be writing Disney a letter of complaint. Seriously? Uh Uh-huh. And in a language so strident, it'll peel the paint off their walls. Baby. I'm not a baby. You're a baby. You're a baby. Don't taunt me. Anyway, if we ignore the twisting of young psyches, at least for the moment, I'll admit that there are many things to enjoy in this film. Oh, thank you. Well, now you're welcome. For as would be expected from Disney, the animation is first rate and then some. The landscapes, the aquatic scenes, the urban environs, they all display verisimilitude down to the last leaf and ripple. Scenes at twilight are achingly beautiful, and while I despair that the company has sworn off hand-drawn animated features, the expressiveness of the characters in this film makes them truly three-dimensional. Of course, it likely cost the studio north of a hundred million dollars to make. Toy, that's a lot of jade! You bet, but it's all up there on the screen, especially in the action scenes, which are plentiful and first-rate. Why, Raya and her enemies, they spring with the agility of panthers, throwing body and weapon wholeheartedly into each brilliantly choreographed chase and battle. Kelly Marie Tran does a fine job voicing Raya with just the right combination of heart and spunk as she faces one danger after the next. And the singularly named Aquafina lends her raspy voice and fine sense of humor to Sisu, the titular last dragon. Impressed, huh? Yes, ma'am. Moving like a feather on the wind, Sisu serves as a comic counterpoint to the darker aspects of the story. I will say, however, that despite my approbation, there's one thing I could have done without, and that's some of the contemporary vernacular used to make the film more accessible to the small fry. Although perhaps in Asia, centuries ago, there was some equivalent to the appellative dragon nerd. You've been very helpful. Just my opinion, sarcastic Sarah. Yeah, same to you, dear. I'll also tell you that when we exited the theater, little Ambrosia was pretending to swing a sword and trying to karate kick a light pole. When I asked her if that was truly ladylike behavior, she said, apparently so. This from a six-year-old. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk, i.e. a movie called Nobody with someone I've never heard of. Does that mean it doesn't exist? Tune in to learn the answer. Play me out, Zeke.